Welcome to Youthfulential Live Podcast. We're excited today about our topic on finding God's will. Christians are looking for the idea of what is God's will for my life? I like to say, first of all, I always reviewed different Bible verses in my life. And one of the classic Bible verses, I actually call it one of my life verses is mm-hmm. Proverbs chapter 3, verse 5 and 6. The thing about defining God's perfect will today is Proverbs 3, 5 and 6. And in my version, the King James Version, it says, Trust in the Lord with all thine heart, and lean not unto thine own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy path. Finding God's will. So there's a couple wrong ways that people are looking for God's will, and there's the right way of finding God's will. And and how can a person find God's will the wrong way? Well, people are pursuing wrong things and thinking this is going to help them finding God's will. First of all, you've got to be asking the question. If you want to find God's will, you've got to be asking the question, what is God's will for my life? You know, some, some people are like, you know, I'm just wake, I'm popping my head off the pillow and I'm just trying to figure out what I'm going to eat for dinner. That's their only goal in life. Mm-hmm. You know, but really, you got to ask questions. What is God's will in my life? And then, because they can't find God's will, they fall into the trap of going the wrong way. So let's look at a passage, Proverbs chapter 14. Okay. And because they they don't think God's answering them, they fall into a bad trap. Proverbs 14, verse 12. There is a way which seemeth right. So some people think, you know, I'm, I'm following a pattern that's right unto a man. But the end thereof are the ways of death. So some people are like, yeah, I'm going to follow uh, this path. Because I just think this is what God's perfect will is in my life. And they find out that, that, that it's leading them into a life of destruction and death. And what, what is that? The reason why people fall into uh, the wrong way. So there's a wrong way that people can fall into. And uh, one of the reasons why they fall into the wrong way is because they live for self. They live for their self. How much money can I make? What gratifies me? What makes me happy? These are the things that people pursue. And because they're living for self, they can't find God's perfect will. And then some people say, well, why would I want to follow God's will? Because that life is boring. The Christian life is boring. And a lot of people fall for that trap. They just think, you know, that life has no kind of real satisfaction, real ideas of enjoyment in my life. And so I don't want to follow God's will. I want to follow my will. My will is not going to be boring. My will is going to be living for self. And then the third person, some people live for self. Some people don't find God's will because life is boring. And some people are just confused. They're like, you know, I, I, you know, here's a couple questions that I have about confusion. Um, 
People are asking questions. They're concerned about what God wants. They're desperate to know what he has lined up for their future. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 15. And that he died for all, that they which live should not henceforth live unto themselves. Mm. See, to find God's perfect will, you can't live to your, for yourself. But unto him which died for them and rose again. You see, we don't live for ourselves, but we live for God who died for us, and the Bible says, and rose again. To not live according to ourselves, but to live according to him that died for us and rose again. Romans chapter 8, verse 14. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, the Scripture says to be able to find God's perfect will, you need to be led by the Holy Spirit. Yeah. And then, as we are led by the Holy Spirit, according to Romans 8, 14, this is a characteristic that are the sons of God. Yep. So the children of God have a characteristic. They look to their Heavenly Father and the Holy Spirit to lead them and guide them. All right, well, we got God's general will for every person in the world. And every person falls into this category of God's general will for them. And I put John 3.16, it says, For God so loved the world. God's general will is God loves you. And that you can receive God's love. After we fall into God's general will, then we have God's specific will, Romans 12.1 and 2. And... It says, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a, present your bodies a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that ye may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. So we can have God's specific will fulfilled in our lives, as we submit our lives and obey God's life, God's will, God's yeah. word. Mm -hmm. And that will create, according to verse 2, that may prove what is that good and acceptable, perfect will of God. You can't fulfill God's good, perfect, and acceptable will of God if you're not obeying God. You have to obey God. His word. Mm -hmm. And then God's general will is God loves you and you can receive it. And then God's unique will. You see, this is for every believer. This is for every person in the world, believer or unbeliever. This is for every Christian. And then God's unique will is God has a unique will just for me and you, Pat. God has a unique will for Pat. God has a unique will for Tony. Yeah. 
And they are our gifts that God has given us to glorify God. And John 4.34 is an interesting verse that I think talks about God's unique will for you and I, Pat. You ready? Mm -hmm. John 4.34 says, Jesus saith unto them, My meat is to do the will of him that sent me. Wow. And to finish his work. So God says, God's unique will is Jesus said, by meat. So the disciples were saying to Jesus, hey, you know, let's go out and find some food. And Jesus just got done talking to the woman at the well. And then the disciples came and met Jesus. You know, why are you talking to her? And don't you, don't you want something to eat? And Jesus says, I have meat that you know not of. Mm. And then he says, my meat... Is to do the will of God, the God's perfect will. And what was his God's perfect will at that time? Is to tell that Samaritan woman. If someone said to me, "What is God's will?" It's a good question, Pat. For me, it's God, there's God's general. God loves you. You gotta receive God's will. God's specific will. God says you want to present your bodies a living sacrifice. Obey God's word. And God's unique will is he's given you gifts, which you brought up, Pat, to glorify God. Mm -hmm. This is what God's will is. Yep. If you're not receiving God's love, you're not fulfilling God's will. Nope. You can't get point two and three if you can't fulfill point one. Yeah. If you don't fulfill point one, living for self. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people's God's wills are just, not God's will, but their will is there is a way that seemeth right unto man, but the way thereof leads to death. Well, 1 Thessalonians 5, 18. Give thanks for everything, for this is God's perfect will. In everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. So that's straight out of the Bible. Facts. You want to know what God's will is? Right there in the Bible. Facts. And you know, it's unique. Paul uses the phrase, this is the will of God, in the book of 1 Thessalonians quite often. And one of the reasons why is because Paul established that church in Thessalonica, and he was only there, theologians say, approximately three to five weeks. And then he had to leave because of persecution. Mm -hmm. So these are all young Christians that are like two, three months old in the Lord. And they're all like, well, what is this thing about fulfilling God's will? What is God's will for my life? And says, hey, you want to know what God's will is? This is God's will. Check it out. You want to know what God's will is, Pat? And all your mm -hmm. listeners on your podcast? Mm -hmm. First Thessalonians, check it out. Okay. All right, so wrapping this up. God's perfect will. Proverbs chapter 11 verse 14 tells us, with many counselors. So Proverbs chapter 11 verse 14. Where no counsel is, the people fall. But in the multitude of counselors, 
there is safety. So the very first counselor that you need to have to fulfill the will of God and understand God's will is the Bible. The Bible is a counselor. It's our life. So I'm, I'm going to have multiple counselors in my life. The Bible's one of them. And uh, and so you want to have you want to start building counselor people who you can go to to talk to about understanding why this is happening and how I fix these problems. And then you get advice from godly people. Psalms chapter forty six verse ten. Be still and know that I am God. Oh man! Yeah. You know sometimes we we rush and rush and rush, but actually we need to stop. Be patient and rest, mm -hmm. and we need to say, you know, I just, I just want to stop. And I'm trying to find the will of God in my life, but actually, um, I need to just stop and let God comfort me with His peace. Mm -hmm. And that's what Colossians three fifteen. The church of Colossae was another church that had great problems, and. Paul wrote in Colossians 3.15, let the peace of God, actually it tells us, let the peace of God control you, or let the peace of God guide you. Right. Colossians chapter 3, verse 15, and let the peace of God rule in your hearts. You know, that word rule, that verb, actually means like an umpire calling strikes, balls, good pitches, or a referee saying this is the foul or good goal or whatever. So the referee, the umpire, I'm a referee, mm -hmm. is like the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit will guide you with peace. And that's going to make a decision. So sometimes I had a coach who didn't like my decision. Mm. And it was pretty hard. It was a pretty hard decision. I had to give out a red card. I came up to the coach and uh, he demanded an answer. So I said, all right, well, here's the answer. This is what he did, blah, blah, blah. It was a tactical foul outside the 18. And he purposely tripped him. It's a yellow card offense because it's tactical. So it's, it's his second yellow card. That's why he got a red card. Uh, that you got the wrong player. <laughs> right? And I said, okay, well, here's, here's letting the peace of God rule your heart. Ready? In my opinion, as the referee, mm -hmm. I got the right player. So you know what he said? He said, well, the other coach says you got the wrong player. My team says you got the wrong player. The whole other team says you got the wrong player. The fans across the other side of the field say you got the wrong player. Okay, now obviously he can't tell what everybody thinks, but that's what he says. I said, I said, well, it doesn't matter what the other coach says, you say, the fans say, or the team member says. There's only one person who it matters to, and that's me. I'm the referee. And so in the opinion of the referee, that's who made the trip. Nobody else makes that decision. <laughs> right? The I said, the fans aren't making the decision. The other coach ain't making the decision. The kids ain't making the decision, and you're not making the decision. I said, the only person who's making this decision is the referee. 
You have the responsibility. I said, in the opinion of the referee, I got the right call. All right. What's, what's he going to say to that, Pat? I had to cover all the bases because, you know, I had to answer his question. And that's what that's what people do about God's will. Oh, all my friends are saying do this. Oh, my, net, my, my co-worker says do this. Oh, that guy over there says this. No, what you need to do is let God's word, God's Holy Spirit, and the peace of God rule your hearts. And that's what you need to do. Amen. So the word rule is umpiring. Controlling your decisions. You should know more about that. <laughs> <laughs> and then James 1.5 says, people don't understand what God's will is, right? Mm -hmm. So God's will says, James 1.5 says, let the, if any man lacks wisdom, let him ask of God. That's all you got to do, ask. He'll give it to all men liberally. God says he'll give you liberal wisdom, not just a little bit of wisdom, liberally. John 4, 34, Pat. Jesus says, I'm doing the will of my Father. You want to know what God's perfect will is? Is you need to do the will of my Father. What is to do my will of my Father? Number one, you're reading God's Word. Mm -hmm. Number two, you're praying to God every day. Yep. All day. Number three, you're going to a church that loves the Lord Jesus Christ as God. And you're fellowshipping with the saints who love the Lord. Okay, you do those three things consistently every day, you're going to be fulfilling God's perfect word, well for your life, exactly the hammer hitting the head of the nail. These are the three keys of success for finding God's will. Studying God's word. Studying God's word. Praying every day. Praying every day. Fellowshipping in God's church. You do those three things, and you're going to run into the will of God. It's going to smack you right in the face. I want to talk about my book, Ready. If you'd like to receive my book, Ready, it says, an exciting, inspirational, and heart-stirring understanding of evangelism ready with every breath i take it talks about sharing god's word in your life and if you want this book you can have it free just go to youthfluential.com and order it on that website youthfluential.com you can have this for free